I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to another episode of Scam Squad. I'm here with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson, and she has one of our favorite guests and one of her colleagues with us today, and I'll let her introduce him. Hi, Patty. Yes, we have Dayton Aldridge with us again today. Always good to have Dayton. I used to introduce Dayton as one of our victim witness advocates, but he has taken a new position in our office. He is a restitution specialist, and I'll Ask him to take a minute or two to tell us what that's all about. But he did share with me a recent warning put out by the Santa Barbara Police Department about purse thefts and auto thefts. So I've asked him to come and talk to us about those. Welcome, Dayton. So good to have you here. Thank you. Very nice to be here. And uh, before we start, just tell us a little bit about your new position, because it's a very important position in our office. Thank you. Yeah. So the the new position is really all about making sure that the victims have either been paid restitution by the time the offender is either going to be paroled from prison or is going to be done with probation. And if that money has not been collected and turned over to the victim, then I help facilitate the victim collecting the money civilly. And then also another big part of my job is making sure that the defendants and the offenders are held responsible in court if the state of California has paid benefits or covered expenses on behalf of victims. At the end, they go after the defendant to recoup some of those those costs. So I help arrange on the back end to make sure that that restitution gets ordered. So you're all about the money, which believe me is so important to our victims. If, they, if they've been defrauded or scammed or been victims of a theft, getting that money back, uh, making them whole is really important. So you've got a big job in the office and we, we thank you for doing it. So let's start by talking about purse thefts. Now, back in the day when you and I were going out into the public and giving actual live presentations uh, in various senior residences and clubs, You used to talk about this a lot. And I know that a favorite venue for thieves is inside a grocery store. Can you tell us why is that? Yes. And that would be because people are very distracted when they're in grocery stores. There, if you think about, you know, when you envision a grocery store, you think of people looking up and reaching things on top of shelves and examining the fruit for the quality of the fruit and things that would absolutely distract you from, say, keeping an eye on your purse. Um, and one of the, the main things that we would always preach when we would go out in the community and do this in person is not to put your purse or your bag or your backpack, your camber bag in that little area on the shopping cart where it's designed to put a child. It's very tempting to store something there, uh, but that's the, exactly the type of not paying attention that the thieves and the crooks are looking for when they're perusing the the grocery stores. And they, they're very sophisticated when they do this. Uh, they will work in teams. It's not just one individual often. It's a team of, say, three individuals, one person to distract the customer, one person to distract 
the employee who might be on the aisle, and then another person to actually go in and, and grab the purse um, or grab the valuable. So it sounds like we're talking about professions. This is what these folks do. Is that correct? Yes. Usually for the purse thefts in grocery stores and in restaurants, usually it is an organized element because we'll see a um, multiple victims from certain areas all on the same day within a certain hours of each other um, where, yes, it, it does it is a professional. And the other thing that they will do is for restaurants, sort of like putting your purse in the area where you would put a child, when women will put their purse, their handbag and kind of hang it over the back of the chair mm -hmm. behind yeah. them out of sight, really. Um, that's the type of thing that a professional pickpocketer or even an amateur pickpocketer can easily walk past that purse while they are going to the restroom or when they're getting their takeout food to leave and slip their hand in and grab your wallet. Um, and you wouldn't even notice that it's gone until you go to pay. And then you realize, oh, my wallet's not in my purse. Yeah. So do these folks live locally or do they come in from out of town and just swoop through a bunch of grocery stores and other areas? Um, I would say certainly there are locals that do this. Mm -hmm. But generally, when there is a case um, and we get a conviction and there's an, um, an actual case made, usually it is out of town elements that come generally up from Los Angeles to do this. And they go to areas around Montecito or around Hope Ranch, where they know there's a, a high probability of there being something valuable in the purse. And they'll also go to higher end restaurants just to increase their odds of getting something valuable. Yeah, which which makes it more difficult to ca catch these folks, because even if we catch a picture of them, how do you track them down? So uh, they, they swoop in, they take what they can and they they leave and it's very difficult to catch them. So what do they do after they've managed to lift your wallet or take something valuable out of your purse? What do they do with that? Well, there's two avenues. Either they're going to try to steal your identity um, or sell your personal identity information to someone else who's going to steal your identity. And or they will just use all of your credit cards and your debit cards and go around to the various, you know, CVS, Walgreens, anywhere where you can buy gift cards. Even now at all the supermarkets, they have, you know, mass kiosks of you can buy every sort of gift card in the world. And they will buy those gift cards. Um, with your credit cards and with the debit cards and they'll split them up in different locations and just keep buying gift cards until they hit your limit. And then at that point, they have pretty much effectively washed the money because even if um, there's no way of tracing the money on the gift card and the funds on the gift card to the credit card that purchased them. And now the crooks can then buy and sell those gift cards. So, Dayton, how long does it take to accomplish all, all this? I mean, once they've lifted your wallet from your purse, and of course you probably aren't even going to be aware that it's gone until you get to the checkout line and then reach in your purse and say, oh my gosh, it's not there. How long does it take for them to basically drain your funds once they've lifted your wallet? It could certainly be accomplished within the time of you still sitting at the restaurant and finishing yeah. your meal. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, so we're talking maybe 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you carry the type of things in your purse that would allow someone to steal your identity, 
such as, you know, your ID, which most people have, a credit card or two, which most people have. And, you know, maybe you got a letter from the bank that day that you picked up in the mail. Yeah, you could be in a lot of trouble. So these kind of thefts also take place in parking lots. Is that is that correct? Yes. Parking lot thefts is very much on the rise, um, particularly in crowded public areas, not what you mm-hmm. might traditionally think of like a dark, deserted parking lot where abandoned and no one's around. That's not really what it is. It's generally in high turnover, very populated areas where there's a lot of cars, all the parking spots are full and there's people frequently coming and going back and forth to the car. So you think like the beach, especially in Santa Barbara, our beaches are always completely crowded, especially on nice days. Um, Interestingly enough, I've actually seen and caught and called someone out um, for checking door handles at our local beach. Really? Wow. Yeah, in Santa Barbara. Um, I would imagine trailheads also. Trailheads, absolutely. Anywhere where they know that there's a good likelihood that you're once you leave your car, you're going to be gone for, you know, at least a half an hour or so. And they peruse and walk around the parking lots. And that's why they are specifically targeting areas where there's a lot of people. So they won't stand out if they are just kind of walking around a parking lot, they'll kind of blend in, but they're watching for the people who, okay, they've got all their umbrellas. They got all the beach chairs out of, they got the beach volleyball, everything's out of the trunk. They're walking to the beach. And once they're out of sight, they, they know those people aren't coming back for a while. And those are the cars they'll go try to hit. Yeah. Now, you used to tell a story when we were out uh, doing presentations together. You used to tell a story about uh, something that happened here in Santa Barbara where the thief actually approached the driver of a car getting into their car. Tell us about that. Yes. Um, in instances like that, um, you know, the thief can approach the driver and say something like, oh, ma'am, you know, looks like you're about to put your car into reverse and you're about to back up over a nail or you're about to back up over a sharp metal object. Something's going to puncture your tire. And you say, oh, thank you so much. And you, you get out and you go and you walk around and you look at the back tire and sure enough, there's a nail there and you, you remove it. And then you're walking back to your car and you think, well, where's your purse? Well, it was probably in the passenger seat of your car. And when you unlocked your car and you got out of it, you didn't see the person's friend crouching down on the other side of your car right there, ready to grab the purse off the passenger seat as soon as you left. Um, And same thing for males. Um, Everyone knows that most men keep their wallet in their back pocket. So they'll do the same thing with an elderly gentleman. They'll say, oh, sir, there's something under your back tire. You're about to roll over to pop your tire. The guy gets out. He bends over to move the nail. The professional pickpocketer can easily, you know, take the wallet right out of the back pocket when somebody's bending over like that. Um, so the the takeaway there is don't engage with people in, in parking lots and in transitionary spaces like that, um, especially with COVID. It should be relatively easy to kind of brush people off or keep people at bay. Uh, there's no reason to allow people to approach you or to get within your personal space. Um don't be afraid to be rude and just brush people off and say, thank you and, and lock your doors. So what safety tips do you have for us, Dayton? When, when somebody is in the supermarket, for example, what should they do with their purse or, or how should they protect themselves? 
Well, I would say it would start with the decisions that you would make before you leave your house that day. So if you know that you're going out to the grocery store and that's all you're doing, do you need your entire purse? Do you need your whole wallet? Or could you get away with maybe leaving pretty much everything at home and maybe just taking your driver's license, a credit card, maybe some cash um, and a tissue and putting that in your pocket and walking out the door. And if you do that, then it becomes much easier once you get out of your car. There's less decisions to make as far as, well, do I leave my purse in the car? Do I try to hide it? Do I take everything into the store with me? You don't have to, to go through that analysis. You can just go into the store and just have the essentials already on you. And one of the things that Vicky and I used to do when we would go out in public is we would actually give out as kind of souvenirs for attending the road show, these great little neck wallets, which were in reality, all they really were, were kind of like international money passport kind of holder necklaces that just a nice little band that you can keep your, your ID, a credit card or two, some cash, a pen, and then stick that, you know, under your jacket or under your shirt. And then you're not a target for anyone. So is locking your car uh, a foolproof way of keeping your purse or wallet safe? I would say no. Locking your car is not a foolproof way of keeping things safe. However, it's still very important to lock your car because I would say 90% of the theft reports and the car burglary reports that we do get when the victim is asked, well, was your car locked? Inevitably they say, Oh no, I don't think the car was locked. So no, is it foolproof? Can they still get into a locked car? Absolutely. They can, but it takes a lot more time and effort to do that. And most times when people are victimized, they admit that their car was not locked. So it's not foolproof. So don't leave valuable things in the car is really the the long and short of it. Yeah, that's that's kind of the bottom line. I, I noticed something in this uh, um, press release saying there's no such thing as a good hiding spot inside a vehicle. Just there's don't not anything valuable there, in there. There's not. I mean, you know, it, it things like a car alarm that's sensitive enough for when someone leans up against your car to look into your window helps. Things like tinting your windows as long as you're staying within the law helps Mm -hmm. but you know the law does allow you to pretty much black out the back half of your car legally um so things like that a a crook a professional car burglar thief they're not going to spend time in a crowded parking lot trying to peer into a car with dark tinted windows to see if there's anything valuable they're just going to walk onto the next car with not without tinted windows where they can see right into it that oh this person has a five thousand dollar e-bike in the back of their suv so it's just just little deterrence to get things just like when we've talked about home security to get people to not look at your car and just move on to the next more vulnerable person, yeah. unfortunately. Years ago, I just wanted to tell a story where I did get my purse stolen and I was at a big box store and I wasn't being attentive, you know, but a minute not looking away and it was gone. And the panicky feeling that I had because I couldn't call right away. I was not in Santa Barbara. I'd driven either up to Ventura or Oxnards. I didn't know the numbers of my cards. I didn't know how to cancel them quickly. Do you have a tip for how you can get on the phone quickly to cancel if the worst would happen? Yes, I would say the tip for that would be to be taking advantage of the online banking options 
that your credit cards and that your banks provide. Because if you're already familiar with your, say, your Chase app and your Bank of America app, then as soon as you realize your purse, your wallet's been stolen, as soon as you get to a phone or a computer, you can get onto that website and you can right there, you can click account compromised. And that will begin the process of them starting to reach out to you um, to say, well, what happened? But you know, a lower tech version of that would be have a list of all of your credit cards um, and not necessarily the numbers, but at least the, the numbers for how to get in touch with customer service already yeah. written down somewhere. And for those of you who are listening, we're trying to get a couple of videos up and running that show actual attempts to burglarize vehicles locally here in Santa Barbara. And Dayton, why don't you describe for us what's happening in these videos? So these are local people in Santa Barbara who just have a carport maybe 30 feet away from the sidewalk. It looks like a transient scoping out the cars. Then he's going to go back over to the check the other car. These people's cars were locked. Apparently, he didn't have any tools to force entry, and he wasn't. He was just looking for any kind of an easy job, so he he walked on. Absolutely, yeah. and looking in the storage lockers in the garage yeah. that were closed. Okay, and then this last one. This is what I would consider like a porch pirate, which we have talked about before. Someone mm-hmm. just walking up to the door to check if there's anything interesting on the porch. Oh, he mm-hmm. sees the camera and he walks away. You know, it's a little bit disconcerting to think that these folks are out there in our neighborhoods, uh, not only our trailheads and our beaches, in our grocery stores, but they are in our neighborhoods, uh, looking at our vehicles and seeing what they can steal, looking inside our carports, looking in our open garages. So it's just good to know that this is happening and to be cautious and take whatever safety steps uh, are, are necessary, but for sure lock your car and don't leave anything valuable in it, no matter where you are. We can see the lights and the security cameras, they, they help. Right now, it's not that big of an investment. It used to be a decade ago, you were talking about, oh, I'm going to have to go to Costco and I'm going to have to spend $1,000 for one of those security camera systems. It's not that way anymore. You can easily accomplish the type of things that these people had for under $200. And if you're having Amazon packages or anything delivered to your house on a regular basis... Yeah, good, good point, Dayton, and very good to know. Well, once again, I want to thank you so much for coming on Scam Squad. He still agreed to be one of our guests and make a guest appearance, even though he's got a new position right now. So thank you. This is really good (laughs) advice, um, something that we all should know about. And, And the good thing about this particular kind of activity is that we can actually protect ourselves against this. We can do things to make sure it does not happen to us. So thank you, yes. Dayton. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you, Dayton. Thank you, you very much. Until next time. Until next time. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.